This is the Hot Take Hockey Podcast with your hosts, Lucas and John Viveros. Hey everyone, it's John here from Hot Take Hockey with the legend Lucas Viveros, the Hot Take Hockey Podcast, episode five. And we got some legendary status coming on this podcast episode, bar down TSN represent. So look out for a little, little chat action towards the end of the episode. But Lucas, man, we're getting going with the podcast. We're going to talk some Central Division here, and maybe that will give you guys a clue on who we have appearing on this episode. So Central Division chat, I mean, I'm sure it'll be centered a lot around uh, that logo next to me, uh, the defending cup. And champs. this one but here, Lucas, and this one here, Johnny, come on. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the blues. <laughs> no, but just overall, Lucas, uh, are you excited kind of, I mean, season's coming close, but central division, I feel like for a while now, we've talked about it being one of the better divisions uh, there with the Metro, obviously the Atlantic is coming up now too. Um I guess overall, how are you feeling about the pod and how are you feeling about what well, we're going to talk about the central division today? Yeah, yeah. Episode five. Hyped to be here. Hyped to be here again. Uh, we're just uh, just under a month away from puck drop to start the season. So looking forward to it. Central division. I mean, I hear a lot of people saying it's the weakest in, in the league now. Uh, you know, obviously we've seen this shift where the Eastern Conference is now stronger than the West. Like the West was much stronger for a long period of time there. And now we've seen that switch. So uh, in the central, it's going to be interesting to chat uh, with our guests and, uh, and and with yourself and, and see who we think are the contenders, the pretenders, and maybe some bottom feeders looking for Connor Bedard here uh, in this division. John, give me a quick hot take or just your your quick opinion on, uh, on one team. You can lead it in any direction you want. Well, I do want to say I, I sold the bag a bit, Lucas, because I was just realizing like, if us going into this episode, kind of focusing on the central division, I, I should have thrown some more central division jerseys. Cause I, I do have a bunch of uh, central division jerseys because I've thrown my Tarasenko jersey back there um, or, or a few others. So um, if we're talking to anyone else in terms of fandom, maybe I'll throw some uh, different ones back there, but just some throwbacks and obviously uh, the cup champs and the abs. But anyways, yeah, I, I think my hot take or just initial take to get the conversation started. And maybe it's relevant to this pod as well is uh, I think a team between the Jets and Stars are going to be tossing around some big core players or big veteran players around trade deadline or next offseason. So that would be my hot take. I think the Central Division just up top is just way too stacked. I'm looking at Colorado. I'm looking at St. Louis. I'm looking at Minnesota. I'm looking at Nashville. And I think you could make a solid argument for all four of those teams being in the playoffs that leaves Dallas and Winnipeg. I think Dallas is a really good overall team. If Ottinger's at the top of his game, Dallas should be in there potentially as well. At least Winnipeg. I think on paper, Winnipeg should be good enough to make the playoff. I think if you're looking at the central division, the only two teams you're probably writing off are Arizona and Chicago, just based on what we know. I mean, if Chicago keeps Patty Kane, they might be mediocre, but outside of that, those two teams will probably be closer to the bottom. So Winnipeg for me is that take just to say i mean if they can't figure it out if helba can't figure it out uh to carry them then uh we're going to see between the i would say as i said the jets and stars we're going to see some big blockbuster deals in the next uh 365 days at some point a good take right there i when i look at the west john i see it more you know i see the pacific being a little bit stronger as far as depth into the division goes maybe not the top end of it but depth wise and so that's why i i can't I can't not think that, uh, you know, potentially five teams are going to come out of that Pacific is, is how I'm looking at it right now. And I know that might be a hot take. That's where I'm coming at right now, which means that only leaves three spots. And in my logic in that central division, um, and obviously Colorado is the class of, 
the league, not just the division. Um, and then you have obviously a bit of a drop down to the teams like St. Louis and, and a Minnesota um, and Dallas is going to be in there, like you said, with Ottinger, but I just think Nashville, this is the year where maybe they take a bit of a step back in my mind. Uh, I, I just, I don't see them uh, keeping up as the season goes on with a lot of these other teams that are going to cross over in the wildcard race. So are you uh, saying it's more, are you saying the Pacific is more so just competitive? Like, are you, are you actually taking like, uh, I'm trying to think here, like, are you taking in kind of a matchup or a comparison? Like, are you taking Vegas and LA over Dallas and Winnipeg? Is that where you're going? Or like, you're taking yeah. like those kind of teams. Is that just more? Cause you feel like the points will be more spread out in the Pacific to get that opportunity in the playoffs. Like, I guess I, where's your reasoning? On yeah. That? Yeah. So the Pacific, obviously you're within your own division, you're going to play your own division more. And I think that uh, just, it's, it is more of a competitive division, the Pacific. I see Vancouver taking a few steps forward this year, as we've talked about in the previous pod. Uh, Vegas isn't going to be, you know, as strong as they were a, a couple of years back, but I, but I just can't see them falling from grace. Like they did last year uh, halfway through the season where it just fell from under them. Um, so I think they're going to be in the mix for a playoff spot. I think the West overall is going to be, you know, must see TV as we approach the end of the season. But, but I, I like your take on Winnipeg because I think Winnipeg is due for a bounce back in terms of their point total. And uh, Hellebuck is due for a massive bounce back. I mean, he was one of the best goalies in the league until last year. People stopped, people stopped rooting for him, but I, I can see Winnipeg really bringing themselves back into the conversation. So there's, there's tons of directions you can go with it, but right now I would go five in the Pacific, three in the central. Wow. I'm sitting here as curious as I'm sure every listener is right now, just knowing that you're going to have Colorado in there. Mm-hmm. seeing a blues hat on and thinking, is he going to have Minnesota out of the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> this might be my hot take, man. This might be my hot. Take. Sorry. I honestly, I'm not even like we, I swear to everyone listening. We did not talk about this, but I was just thinking as, as Lucas is here is talking, I'm just thinking, okay, so this guy's locking in five teams for the Pacific. He's, he's, I know he's talked about like Ottinger, the stars. I don't know if you even have the stars in, but you're, you're saying like three teams, in the central. And, mm-hmm. and knowing you, for sure, you're going to have Colorado and St. Louis in there. I and I'm not even saying that's a bad yeah. take. I think that's the, that's the smart take anyways, <laughs> to have Colorado in and St. Louis. If Bennington's an above average goalie across the league, then the Blues will be in. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is mini. What do you think on mini? That's where uh, my hands are tied right now. I mean, mini, I just think that, eventually father time's got to catch up to Marc Andre Fleury. Obviously we saw in the playoffs, uh, you know, he wasn't the greatest against St. Louis in that first round. And I think uh, with uh, a bounce back season from Hellebuck and Winnipeg, they're really going to push the wild uh, for potentially that third spot in the, uh, in the central. Uh, and, and you can't, I can't rule out Dallas with Ottinger for me right off the hop too. This is, this is another team that I think you have in and I might have out. I have Nashville out straight out. I have Nashville out. And that leaves me with Minnesota, Dallas and Winnipeg fighting for that third spot. And if I had to put my chips down right now on who that third team's going to be, I'm taking the best goalie out of all three of those. And it ain't Hellebuck. It's Ottinger. I'm taking Dallas in the third spot. Oh, <laughs> this guy's buzzing right now. I love it. So is that, is that what, like, is that a confidence that the Blues are just going to smack Dallas round one or what? 
uh, I, I don't want to get into the playoff playoff chatter yet, but I just think I think Minnesota. I know a lot of people are very high on Minnesota, uh, but when I watched them throughout the season, I mean, I watched a lot of games against uh, you know against the Blues and against the Avalanche and, and and the more class of the West, and Minnesota never really impressed me too too much. Um, when apart from Kaprizov, obviously. Uh, to where I think that they're this, you know, Stanley Cup contender that I feel like a lot of people had them as last season. So I think they're going to take a bit of a step back from that 113 points that they had last year. Yeah, to give context to the people listening and watching. Uh, so you, if anything, like I, I watch, you guys know, like I watch a stupid amount of NHL games throughout the year. Um, but I'm going to give like, like in that house, Lucas, in your house, for people listening, you have a big time Blues fan. And you have a big time Kadri fan. So last year, there was definitely a lot of Blues and Avalanche games in that house, for sure. So um, I can imagine that uh, you guys definitely watch a lot of Central games, you and Nick. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess just, yeah, I mean, for me, I think Minnesota is just so exciting. I'm kind of pissed off a little bit because I, I I gave Minnesota the credit. Uh, and I feel like people on this on the Hot Take Hockey channel have given me uh, some some crap over not giving Minnesota enough credit over the years. And I, and I gave them a couple of rounds in the playoffs saying they were going to upset the blues in seven and that they were going to even go ahead and push Colorado to a seven game series. Uh, obviously I did make it, I think a solid take in saying that whoever came out of that St. Louis, Minnesota series was going to give Colorado a run for their money. And honestly, I, I think a lot of people would look at that series and, and probably, I think a lot of people overlooked that series and just saw the excitement of the McDavid versus McKinnon matchup in the mm-hmm. conference finals and just, forgot about the blues were really close i mean push colorado like yeah very hard. close to a game seven i mean yep. it was uh how many seconds left when freaking darren helm scored that goal oh my goodness it was i want to say at first glance i think it was under 20 seconds it was my wrong it, it, was, it was in the final minute for sure it was down to the last yeah like a bit of that third period so i'm just they were that close so i'm just thinking again i think it's going to come down to colorado and St. Louis, I would say if you had a if you had to bet, like two of those three, like or those two teams will probably be in the top three, is what I'm trying to say. And then after that, you can make any arguments. But I, I guess for me, there's probably a little bit of bias from my end because I'm I've always been a big Roman Yossi guy. Mm-hmm. So just seeing what Nashville did and seeing how their big guys stepped up last year, I just I find more consistency in those big time guys for Nashville, not to say I love Nashville's roster overall, but I even think there's a few underrated guys there, like a Philip Tomasino who I've given credit to that. They just brought in Nino Niederreiter. And uh, I think they have a few other guys in that roster. And I think bringing in McDonough solidifies again, Nashville has one of the better top fours probably in the West. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking like if Soros, you just talked about like, there's a few really good goalies in that central, like Soros, Oninger, Hellebuck. So I'm just thinking those three goalies battling for a three spot or a wildcard spot is pretty crazy. I just, to me, it's so tough. Cause I, I feel like Dallas brings a better overall roster, probably up. Well, at least a better overall forward group. And then Winnipeg just such a wildcard for me. Cause it's like, what version of these guys are we getting between like Dubois, Wheeler, Shifley, like Wheeler's getting older Shifley. You know what? I think his, his the pressure was on for an Olympic spot last year. So I think that's why he started slow. And then Dubois, oh, what a write-off. So I, I don't even know. I think Dubois could play really well, but still just that whole situation. So for me, when I look at Winnipeg, the only consistency I see in that forward group, at least for guys that I know are going to be great, are Ehlers and Connor. Those are my two guys that I just know will be great on Winnipeg. 
Um, so when I look at Nashville, like I feel like there's guys on that team as well. There's guys on Dallas, Jason Robertson, Pavelski, uh, Hints, go down the list. So I, I, I'm honestly stuck, man. How I had it though, uh, all my predictions from about a month ago, but I'm going to be changing my predictions because there's been moves that have been made. And I am obviously like looking at lineups and kind of, uh, I'll probably make a final prediction, like after the lineups and rosters are set going into the season. But right now I probably still have it four and four. So four from the Pacific four from the central, but mm-hmm. honestly, man, if I had to lean, I'd probably lean to five and central, like the opposite. Wow. Just, honestly, because I'm just thinking the Pacific for me, I have a lot less like goaltending for me is always huge. And I have a lot less like belief in the Pacific goaltending, like, and it's not even close. I would say everyone just crapped on Markstrom for the playoff performance, but I'm looking at the Pacific division. Is there really a goalie there that, that you could say confidently is better than Markstrom? Like Jack Campbell for Edmonton. Let's go through it. Yeah. Vegas, Vegas is situation right now. I'm LA, saying Thatcher Demko. No. Sorry, Demko. Sorry, Demko, Demko would the be the one. one. Sorry, Demko that, would be the one. That's the only one. I actually that forgot the, about the Canucks. That's but the Demko only one. is the only one. <laughs> yeah. So that's my apologies. Demko is the only one. San Jose, no. Um, Anaheim, I guess you could make an argument for John Gibson, but like not recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, Seattle, no. So I, I'm just looking at that Pacific Division. Yeah, Demko one, Markstrom two, and then it's wide open. I mean, Campbell might be the third best in that division, maybe. Am I missing a team? Uh, right? no, the Cali teams, Seattle, he, Seattle as well. Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're right. Devco, sorry. Devco for sure. One Markstrom two. I honestly, I, I forgot about the Canucks there for a second. Cause I, I, I actually do have the Canucks probably in a playoff spot as I see it right now. But again, it's like, if I move to the five teams in the central, I would probably knock between LA or I, I, I don't even know if I have Vegas in, I think as far as I said, Vegas is probably not in for me. So I could see a scenario where it's just the three Canadian teams in the Pacific Division and LA and Vegas maybe battling towards the end for a wildcard spot or the third spot. And then the central teams for me, including Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota, and then Dallas, Winnipeg, and Nashville fighting for the two spots. I think, honestly, I think it's going to be like last year. I think the West is going to be battling for like, there's gonna be like five right to the end, for right, two spots. right to the bitter end. I honestly, I, I hope things change with the East, but I think that's why a lot of people are having the same teams in the East because it's just like outside of like Ottawa making big changes and looking a lot better, and obviously Columbus brought in Johnny Goudreau. Outside of that, were there was there a lot of like big time movement to change things in a big way for some of those like East teams? I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe for the better teams that just got better. I, I mean, Florida changed like. Obviously, uh, like Toronto's questionable goaltending, but I don't think like I think it'd have to be something crazy for Toronto to miss the playoffs. I know some people are making hot takes saying the the Panthers will miss and the Sens will make it. I don't think that's too far fetched. But again, like I feel like people are forgetting how good Barkov is and how good that core is. Yeah, still that's around. that's ludicrous to me. I think I think this Ottawa Senators um, like hype that is going on right now is essentially the opposite of what Vegas is getting. Vegas is getting this with everyone going against them and, and saying that they're probably going to miss. Uh, so I, I just see that too much of an overcorrection. I see Vegas getting back in, but, but yeah. as far as well, Vegas's defense is everyone forgets how good Vegas's defense can be. Yeah. Yeah. Petrangelo, Theodore, White Cloud, Martinez. Martinez, like this is a deep team. Um, so that's why I have the five 
slanted in the Pacific right now because I was talking about Vancouver on on a couple pods ago, and you know I was I was really really high on Vancouver as well. So right now I have the three Canadian teams in the Pacific, Vegas and LA. I can't take LA out. Uh, they also added Fiala, uh, which I think is going to be a, a nice little pickup for them. Yeah. And and so that's why I got the five three uh, as far as five in Pacific, three in the Central right now. You're crazy, man. Wait, so who did you have missing in the Pacific out of the, the teams that I talked about? Did you have the Flames in? I have Flames, Oilers, uh, Canucks, Vegas, and LA. That's oh, my shit. five. That's, That's my five, yeah. And then in, in yeah, the Central? I, mean, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was like... <laughs> as of right now, as of, as of September, middle of September right now, those are the, the five I have in Pacific. And if I was to pick Central, I'd go Colorado, St. Louis, and that third one, I feel like I'm going to be juggling to start the year. But right, Dallas right, right now, now I'd say a Dallas. Right now, I'll say Dallas just because I'm really high on Ottinger this year. Yeah, what he did in the playoffs is crazy. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, for everyone listening, guys, drop your comments. Uh, reach out to us on social media. Tell me I'm crazy for having Minnesota out of there. Leave them in the comments. Yeah, I think uh, Minnie's so tough to evaluate every year too. I think people, some people are saying Minnie will take a step back this year. I don't know if I'm that quick to say that, but yeah, for me, the one team that's really pissing me off because I just I want to make my opinion just say the Jets are making the playoffs. But watching them last year, it really pissed me off. Watching Shifley last year really pissed me off. And um, yeah, on, honestly, on paper, Winnipeg's defense is a bit weak, but with Hellebuck there and their forward group, they they should be right there for playoffs or at least battling towards the end. So And Rick Bonus Rick Bonus coming in, I think he'll get, yeah. you know, some more out of them, I'm hoping. And he, yeah, he knows the central division well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's tough. I think as I said, between Dallas and Winnipeg, we're going to get into a conversation with a, a legend from Bar Down here in a second, but yeah, I mean, I think that's where it kind of crosses up and we'll we'll talk about uh this central division and, and the avalanche with uh, this person. So I, I think it's interesting. I think the avalanche and blues are probably, if someone's having one of those two teams knocked out, I, St. Louis is the interesting one in terms of, I think, I think Binner, if he, as I said, I think if he plays well, like in comparison to these other good goalies in the central division. Um, but I think when we bring around our guests, we're gonna have to talk about this Colorado tandem, because I think, Every team in the central division outside of, again, I'm, I'm not trying to write off Arizona and Chicago in this conversation, but I'm saying every goalie that's in good playoff contention mm -hmm. has a clear number one. And there's no debate about it. Like Nashville, Soros, Minnesota, Fleury, uh, St. Louis, Bennington. Uh, I just, Dallas, Oninger, Winnipeg, Hellebuck. You know what I mean? Like there's yep, yep. solid, solid number one guys and again, you can make an argument. Well, Flurry split some starts uh, with, with Gustafson, whoever. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But and then, but Colorado, around, but Colorado is just the class of that division, and that's why they can play with a bit of a weakness at goal in goal in comparison to their to their rivals here. I but think. will it be weakness? That's the big thing. Will Grubauer yeah. uh, not Grubauer? Will <laughs> Grubauer was there? Will yeah. Georgiev take a big step and be that guy, or will Francis has to take a lot of starts? Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be interesting. But just to, before we bring on our guest. Do you have any uh, takes that we should uh, say now that we can carry right in to fire up our guest? Do we have any avalanche takes fresh uh, off the Evan Rodriguez signing? <laughs> I'm thinking Georgiev is uh, the guy. He, he's going to have a big year this year. Uh, I've always been high on Georgiev uh, since 
since the since Leafs, the, since the Leafs, the Leafs were well, since the Leafs were departing with Freddie Anderson, I, I was very interested in if they would go after a goalie like Georgiev. Um, so my hot take as far as Georgiev goes is he's gonna he's gonna put up 30 wins this season. Wow, there you yep. go. Three zero. So, but you still think Francis will get his fair share? I think Francis will get you know a one B level of starts, but I think Georgiev is going to be the de facto starter, especially when playoffs come around. I think he will be that guy for them. Um, yeah, so yeah. I mean, based on that, if Georgiev gets 30 wins, Frank, we'll Frank say, yeah, we'll say he has, I don't know, close to 10 to 15 losses, plays a good 45 games, yep. maybe close to 50 games and gets a little bit over 30 wins. And then Francis plays the remaining 30 to 32. I think that that's a realistic uh, possibility. So mm-hmm. yeah, honestly, I, I'm down to keep going with the chat on the central and talk NHL talk hockey. Uh, get some sport media chat in there, just some experience. So uh, we're going to bring on Luca from Bar Down, an absolute legend. We'll talk about the Avalanche, the Cup. We'll talk about the Central Division, as I said, the upcoming season, what Bar Down has coming. Uh, just pick his brain a little bit uh, for, for ourselves and up-and-coming podcast. So uh, let's bring on Luca, the legend from Bar Down. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Hot Take Hockey Podcast. I'd like to welcome another guest we're excited to have on the show here today. He's a content creator and media personality that you'll surely recognize from Bar Down and TSN here in Canada. Let's give a warm welcome to Luca Celebre. How's it going, Luca? Where are you on this gloomy (laughs) Monday in the GTA? Oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for the intro. I am uh, in my apartment, uh, East End. Woodbine and Gerard area around that. Yeah, I know, I know that. <laughs> I shouldn't have said the specifics, but you know, East End beaches, yeah, yeah. <laughs> beaches area. Nice, nice. Well, first off, I wanted to give a big congratulations. Your abs pulled it off. They brought the cup home. They did. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, that's unbelievable. What was like, you know, just off the top of your head, what was a big moment on their way to the cup that like really sticks out to you still? Yeah, there were a ton. I was honestly, I was kind of watching. I, I do it every now and then where you just kind of, you go down a YouTube wormhole, like watching all the, all the big goals and things like yep. that. And so, oh, there were, a, I mean, the Darren Helm one, like was, was great just to kind of put them over the hump. And like, yeah. that was just these a huge guys. goal. Yeah. Against yeah. those guys there. And like, <laughs> it was one of those things where it's just like, you're so nervous. You're there. We're out shooting them. I think the shots were almost like 40 to 20. And you're like, if we go to overtime, though, one bad bounce, you're looking at a game seven and all the pressures on you again. And it's it's like these memories of these second round exits and all that comes flooding back as a fan. And I'm like, imagine if you're a player, like that's all you're thinking about mm-hmm. is just we've lost three times in a row. So like that goal was was pretty was pretty huge. There was another one that stuck out to me. Oh gosh, I'm I'm forgetting it now. Oh, and I'm upset at myself that I'm kind of forgetting we'll, it, we'll have but... to talk about the cadre goal in the final for sure. i mean oh, yeah, yeah that, that one was one. nuts yeah there was there was also was it edmonton the comparable was pretty big i think as as far as like i think that was game three in edmonton and like ugly goal for mike smith to give up but one of those games where it's just like you're a road team you're up to nothing like the oilers playing at home playing in a western conference final for the first time in so many years like almost 20 years and um they just hit the post on a power play and Confer goes down like great effort and scores. And now you're up three, nothing in a series as opposed to being up two one. And like, it would have been fine to be up two one, but yep. now you're three, nothing, your one went away. So that that's another one that's kind of sticking out in my mind. 
Yeah. And I, I honestly have been talking about it a lot just in terms of uh, Colorado's, like some of the guys they brought in. Um, I think like the biggest thing we always talk about it and we're all in the Toronto area. Like, so we see stars in Toronto here, but it's, it was more so the guys that got brought in. I think people were for a bit there, maybe not criticizing Sackett to a full extent, but we're obviously mm. questioning a lot of like the moves and a lot of just the structure of the team for a while. Uh, and then I look at like some of these big games, like JT Confer scoring a couple goals and like Darren Helm, like these, these are game sixes and game sevens, Josh Manson scoring a big goal, Arturi Lackanen scoring a big goal, like guys that were just brought in towards the end or brought in in free agency. And obviously we know the big names in Colorado. So I guess for you, Luca, was that like, was that kind of more exciting in a, in a weird way? Like just seeing some of these like character guys, like even Cogliano, like the stories of him just going for some crazy speeches at intermission. Yeah, it was awesome. I Cogliano is kind of a family friend. Like he played, <laughs> he played hockey with a couple of my cousins growing up. So I have like, I got to go see him in the cup when they were here. And like, that was really cool. But him, him specifically, like I, I love those role player kind of things, but it's also one of those things where like Sackick just identified what role players are going to do well. Cause like some role players on some teams might not do well on another. Like Cogliano is a great example of a guy that he plays the way the abs like to play, which is he's a fast guy. His skating is the thing that's his strength. And that's been able to keep him in the league for so long. Mm-hmm. And they needed to upgrade their penalty kill too, which is something that he does great at. He's just a hardworking guy. And I think if you look up and down the abs lineup, like Lekkonen's another guy that they, at the time, like my first reaction was like, damn, Justin Barron, I think he's going to be a pretty good defensive prospect. Yeah. And he'll probably turn out to be a pretty good defenseman, a top four guy, you assume. Um, but Lekkonen was just everything that the Avs have. Like he was a, a Val Nachushkin, just a light version of that, like not as heavy, but he had so many big moments and big goals and just gelled immediately because he can kind of do everything. And so I think that's kind of an underrated aspect of like finding those role players is finding ones that actually fit with like the system that you're playing and not just like, oh, okay, like Darren Helm might not be valuable to another team because they don't, they want to play heavier on the third and fourth lines. Whereas Colorado is just like, speed waves of speed waves of speed at you every single line is going to do that and so um yeah it's it is cool to see those guys though like all of them contributed in the playoffs everyone they acquired everyone they brought in like everyone had moments and had big goals and had points and had production so um you got to tip your hat to joe sackick on that yeah Yeah, for sure The, the way they played just the way they come at you in waves every shift it would just never let up and it was such it's such a great team to watch uh with that run but our terry lekkinen is a guy that i am hugely like I'm, I'm big time on him this year for having a breakout year i know i looked up his stats and i was so shocked to see that he had like one or two 30 point seasons he's never really gotten above mm. like 35 points but i think this year he's gonna really find himself in that top six for the most part and that's gonna be exciting to see how about I wanted to throw this one at you, Evan Rodriguez just signing. How do you think about that that fit? I know. I think the the biggest worry as amongst Avs fans all summer long has been like, what are you gonna do at two C? Like, who's gonna play center? And like with Kadri gone, and we I think we all assumed once they signed Josh Manson too. Like once that domino started to fall. Well, not only that one where it's like you brought back Nachushkin, you brought back Lekkinen, you brought back Manson. It's like there's no way that you're going to be able to afford Kadri. And if they did like, sure, why not? But, um, but I, I understand why they didn't try and break the bank for Kadri because of just all oh, like, I mean, I love him. He's an Avs legend, like would have loved to have him back. But I also understand the point of like, 
you're trying to not only win one year, but you're trying to sustain that success. Mm-hmm. And so these are kind of the shrewd moves you make. And I'm, I'm surprised that it took this long to kind of make that move, but um, it's a great gamble on a guy that like he played really well in Pittsburgh. He's looking to prove himself. Why not go to Colorado? You're going to be playing with two amazing players. If you're centering that second line, anywhere in the top nine, you're going to be playing a lot. Like you're going to be playing with great players. And I think they want new hook to be the two C, but at least this doesn't put as much pressure on him to be that guy right away. And Rodriguez could play wing as well. He's played both like injuries happen throughout the season. So um, he's just another piece that you can move up and down the lineup. And I really like it. I, th- I think he's, he's a good player. Like I don't expect the cadre type production. And like, that's going to be a kind of a team effort to replace those goals and things like that. But um, every time I think of that, I'm just like, well, Nathan McKinnon is so young. Nico Ranton is so young. We already think they're good players. Like they could take another step for yeah, all we know and just really become could. even better. And like, that's a scary thought that I don't think a lot of people think about where it's just like, Oh no, they're amazing. Like they're, they're kind of peak, but I'm just like, McKinnon could take another step forward. Like he could just insert himself into like the number one spot in the NHL of best players. And I wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I like Rodriguez this is my long winded way of saying that it's a good signing. So yeah, related to Kadri, but honestly related to like all the abs players, or even this can be, I guess you could kind of talk about your experience with bar down and your, your industry. Have you met a lot of the guys? I know you talked about, you have a kind of a connection with Cogliano, but have you met some abs guys and like, kind of does that, has that even add to more of the experience and seeing the win yeah definitely i i've met a couple of the guys i've met makar and kadri at all-star weekend when i was with jesse um and that was a lot of fun they're both they're both great honestly any avs player like tyson jost met him just over social media but he was great when he was with the avs and still a guy that like i follow and um he's awesome and anyone i've met like the the entire organization from top to bottom like loved working with them I, I got to work with them during the playoffs which was a lot of fun and so um their organization from top to bottom like there are so many amazing people within it and just lucky enough to work with them um but you can see like the culture that Sackick has built from the top down like just walking through like seeing him kind of walk through and behind the scenes and he knows everyone's name like it doesn't matter if you're like a trainer or like yeah the social media people like he knows everyone's name and is talking to everyone and i think that culture he's created goes with what the players do as well like they have kind of bought into that culture and they embody that culture too so they're just a great group of people to to be around and then anytime i've talked to any abs player like they're they're awesome they're so great yeah. And another question just to build on, on that experience of uh, meeting the Avs players and stuff like that. I know you exude just the passion in sports, even, you know, apart from the avalanche, we see yeah. it in the quizzes, we see it in bar down. Uh, and I've even seen it like, you know, we, we were talking about before we hopped on with the Broncos mm-hmm. and I know you've also followed a bit of soccer overseas. Uh, did you always know that you wanted to pursue a career in sports? Like, or when did that light bulb kind of go off as a kid? kind of it's weird like I I think it was more high school where it was just like the only thing I've kind of ever been passionate about is sports and so um in high school you take all these classes and it's just like yeah none of this is really really uh making me happier I can see myself in a future in this and um the the one class I did like was writing so it was English or it was writer's craft and things like that and I had such great teachers that 
um, pushed me in those areas and I owe a lot of where I am to them. Um, but it was, it was kind of like grade 12. It was just like, I love sports. I love writing. Maybe journalism is kind of where I want to go. And, um, I was lucky enough to find the college of sports media. I went back for like my victory lap and, um, I played football in high school and wanted to like, was at the time Carlton was coming back, like their football program was coming back. And I was just like, maybe I'll like walk on at Carlton and go there for journalism. Like I thought I could, I was so naive <laughs> to thinking I could do that, but either way, like going back for the victory lap helped me find the college of sports media because I looked into it a little more, had that time. And from there it was kind of history, but yeah, I, I've always been passionate about sports. And so um, it just worked out that there was this place that I could go and pursue that passion. Did you know anyone going into the bar down team? Like, was there any, or did you guys all just no. meet as it went along? <laughs> no, it, it's, it's crazy because it started off so small. Like when I interned there, there were only three people working full time and only two of them are still working with us. DZ was one of them. And there's um, Danny Wright, who works as like the J and Dan social media guy. Like he gotcha. runs all those accounts, does makes content with Jay. Um, and then from there, like at my time, Jesse had interned before me, but he was still kind of interning. And then Corwin came in after and slowly, but surely we kind of just built up our group. But at the beginning, there were only four of us. And so, uh, no one really knew anybody. There's one person I knew that interned around the same time I did or just before I did, Christian. Um, he's been in a couple of quizzes and he works with uh, TSN Ed as well now. So he's the only person I've actually like known, known going into it. And I only knew him through going to school. So yeah, it was, it was kind of just meeting everyone for the first time. And um, it's, it's a great group of people to work with. I love every one of them. Pivoting yeah, I was going to say it, it, go it ahead, does John, seem go. like a great team, but yeah, you go ahead, Lucas. Cause yeah, obviously it seems like you guys have obviously brought a lot of the chemistry. So I, I that's why I was kind of asking. I was like, did you guys know each other going yeah. in? Like, it's kind of been a yeah. built thing. No, it's, it's built up, which is crazy. Like we, we all did not know each other. We didn't have any prior relationship, but you just work like the things you work on, whether it be like working long nights when we worked long nights before, or like different events and things like that, you really start to learn about each other. And then um, it helps when you also play sports together. So like having our hockey team that we play together on, it's not, not even just about like the making content part of it. It's just like Sunday nights. Like we all know we're going to see each other, which is really fun. And we get to play hockey with each other and have some fun and go for drinks after and things like that. And so um, we do a lot of stuff like that outside of work, which is great. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's an awesome group of people. Yeah. The team building aspect of it really helps with like the chemistry on air and all mm -hmm. that. So you, you really see it shine through in your guys, uh, content. Like I really do see it. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to change course a little bit cause I wanted to get your take on, you know, moving into the season. We're just under a month away, the central division, how it's looking, how you see it stacking up. John and I were chatting about it before we hopped on with you here. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to give you the floor first, but then we can jump in as well and offer yeah. what we think. But uh, so how do you see it shaking out from let's, let's go, let's go top to bottom. Top to bottom. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me actually pull up because I'm just like, who is in the central division again? <laughs> let me pull up the NHL standings. I mean, I'll, I'll start at the top. I don't think Colorado is going to like, even if they have a kind of Stanley cup hangover, I don't think they're, going to lose this division um i think they're the best team in it i think even with the cadre loss and the question mark in net i think enough has changed for them 
to kind of feel the shakeup and it's not just the same team and you're not just running it back and there are legitimate question marks still. And um, I also think that like having Sackick there is just a, is a great leader to be like, like it's hard enough to win one. And I think your focus after winning one sometimes can be like, we won one, like great. And then the next year can be a little dicey, but I think with him just having one, two cups as a player, he knows how hard it is to get back there and how rewarding it is as well to just be part of something so special and not a lot of back-to-back champions and write your name in the history books and be like the Tampa Bay lightning in the West. So I think they're going to be just as driven, just as motivated. It's hard not to, when you have like such great players and such great leaders. So um, I'll put them at the top. Do you see, do you see, sorry, I just want to jump in. Do you, no, see, go for a it. Big, you see a big difference in uh, you know, the goaltending production they're going to get with Georgiev now as the one, a we'll call them and Frank, Frank yeah. is the backup. Or is the one I don't B? know. I, I really don't know what to expect. Like I'm, I'm happy they didn't sign Kemper and give him a contract because it was a big, big contract. And yeah. I think Georgiev just needs some games in front of a good team. Like not saying the Rangers aren't a good team, but they're definitely a team that relies more on their goaltending and gives up a lot of shots and grade A opportunities than some teams. And I think the Avs have one of the, if not the best defensive structure and team in hockey. And they proved that in the Stanley cup final too. Like that third period of game six was just a masterclass where Kemper just needed to make the one cross I save on Kucherov. That was their only chance. Like they didn't allow any shots. They're a suffocating defensive team. And so I think that's going to play well to a guy like Georgiev. And I think he's just super talented. Maybe it hasn't been unlocked yet. And I think if it is unlocked and he's the guy that a lot of people think he can be, might be better than Kemper, but there's also the chance that it might not be. And so having Francois is still nice as well. So yeah, the question marks are never legitimate. Like until we see it, I'm I'm not so sure. And also Kemper had like a really kind of not great start to the season last year. And he, he played his way into being comfortable. And um, I think there's something to be said about like some goalies like a lot of shots and don't know how to adjust when you're not getting a lot of pucks on net, or it's not some great chances and you have to adjust and, um, I've never been a goalie, but I imagine that's probably something you have to adjust to. So yeah, the, the question marks in that are real. I, I think St. Louis is the second best team. If I'm, if I'm being honest, as much as, uh, as much as I don't like the blues, I think they are <laughs> the second best team just because I think the wilder are going to struggle a little without that Fiala scoring production. I think it was a huge yeah. loss for them. And yep. um, I'm just interested to see them do that again. What they did last year was really good, but I, I want to see yeah. them do it again. Um, I think I'll have them number three in the division. I, I don't think they're as bad as like, like, I don't think they'll just fall off a cliff. I think they'll still be really good. They're a good defensive team. They've got a lot of good players. So um, I'll put them third. I think I'll go Dallas four. I, I love what I saw out of them in the playoffs. And I just think that they're like a really deep team and they've got these young guys that are just playing great. And Joe Pavelski is still ageless and Heiskanen is like the best defenseman that no one talks about. Like, yeah, for sure. He's like, as far as I'm concerned, he's up there with Fox and Makar's like the conversation. For yeah. Best I would defense. for sure go ahead and say like, I don't think anyone's crazy for saying Heiskanen is a top five defenseman. If they wanted to say that. No. No, I would take him. I would take him third for sure. Like, then it wouldn't be crazy if he's just your flavor. Like, if you like him better than Fox or McCarr, like, hey, you might be a little crazy, but it's not that crazy. He's really good. So, um, I agree with that. I'll go Winnipeg after. I think they're going to probably have a bounce back here. I just, I find it hard to 
to think they're not going to have a better year than they did last year with how good Hellebuck is and like him having an off year, but they've, they've got a different voice in the locker room. Now they've still got all the talent up front. And um, I think they will be better. I just, it's, it's so tough because Dubois signed a one-year deal. Like this, this is their window kind of closing. Like there are all these trade rumors and things like that. Wheeler's not getting any younger. Like if they're not doing good, then they're just going to sell it all. And they could be near the bottom of the division. Um, I guess Nashville is, is in the sixth spot, which I feel like I doubted Nashville all year and like the Avs swept them, but I, I think the Avs would have just swept anyone they played in that position. So They've got good players. I just find it hard to think like Duchesne is going to have the same production and Johansson and and Forsberg. Like, Yossi's incredible. I think Saros is incredible too, but um, I just don't see them winning 45 games again. And then I I guess Chicago and Arizona are the last two. Pick whatever order you want. Yeah, like it's – they're both trying to lose. Exactly. They're both trying to lose, so whichever one does it better is going to be last. Chicago's doing a pretty – a pretty good job of it, especially if they sell Kane, but um, they've, they've definitely, they've convinced me that they are absolutely not trying to win any games this year. Yeah. I do feel like the centrals, like not, it's not even solidified, but it's like, I feel like you have your three tiers. I feel like most people are kind of saying like, well, maybe four tiers, Colorado's above St. Louis, but like Colorado, St. Louis right there. And then yeah. like kind of the jumble in the middle, like Minnesota, Nashville, Dallas, Winnipeg, and then the bottom tier. Chicago, Arizona. Yeah. A hundred percent. I totally agree. It's, it's, one of those divisions where I'm like, I look at the other divisions in hockey and I'm just like, wow, there, like, there's a chance for some teams to kind of come out of nowhere, be exciting. And like in the Metro, I could see like five or six teams winning it. Like in the Atlantic, you can see five or six teams winning yeah. it in the central, I, I like three teams, maybe. Yeah. And that's, that's stretching. And then the Pacific, like, who the heck knows what's going to happen with those teams. And you could see a bunch of teams winning that one. So I think like there's less parity in the central, I think, which is not normally the case. I feel like the central is always viewed as like the best division or it was, I guess, when Chicago was kind of in their prime. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just, yeah, as we're talking about this season coming up, uh, obviously for yourself as a fan, but also with bar down, do you have, whether it's personal projects or stuff with bar down or anything, do you got anything coming that maybe, you want to share or give a little promo for the, the people watching or listening? Yeah. I mean, we're going to, we're trying to get back to doing more consistent quizzes in our beer league videos. So those are hopefully every week, we're going to have something, some form of content for everyone. Um, it's been a big focus of ours this summer to get back to the, the stuff we enjoy doing quite frankly, the most and um, the things that do well for us and what we're kind of known for. But um, media days are coming up with teams. So we're, we're in the process of talking with teams about what we can do and, um, the Leafs, we, we do a video with the Leafs every year. So there'll be one, uh, there's a fruit fly in front of my screen. Um, and then we're, we're talking with other teams. We did a hockey road trip to Peterborough last year. So I imagine we're going to probably hit up some more junior teams for road trips and, um, maybe some other NHL teams there. There's a lot of exciting stuff that we want to do. I think it's just, it's just about doing it now. And I don't want to, I don't want to say anything if we don't do it. So I'll, uh, yeah. you'll see it if it does happen. If it doesn't, then you'll never know. Fair enough. And just on, uh, where are you most active on socials? Like for people to follow you? Oh, if they um, haven't yet for some reason, I don't know why they're not. No, it's Instagram, <laughs> Twitter. Uh, I think, I don't even know my handle. I think it's just Luca Celebrity 21 for both of them. Huge. Um, yeah, those are, those are my socials, but but yeah, I'm excited about I'm excited about everything. Football's back, hockey's coming back. We got 
a world cup. Like if you're a sports oh, yeah. fan, like this, this October, November, like November specifically, it's just like, or October, I guess too, because baseball playoffs and things like that. Like it's, this is the best time of the year to be a sports fan, like right in these next two months. For sure. For sure. Uh, I had a quick question regarding. Yeah, I got time. Like if you guys have a couple other questions, I got time. No. So I got, I got uh, my fantasy draft coming up in, oh, okay. in hockey and all right. I'm in the four spot. So Ooh. we all know McDavid is going to go yeah. first, probably dry saddle, probably Matthews. I think that's yeah. a safe assumption as to what's going to happen in my league based upon, you know, there's lead fans. So Matthews will be yeah. gone. Okay. <laughs> I like so that. I, I'm going to be at the four spot. And okay. so I am leaning one of two ways and they both play for the avalanche. Do I go McCarr or do I go McKinnon? McKinnon. Yeah. And so it, I, I have gone back and forth so many times. Uh, I'm slowly leaning McCarr right now. Uh, what, what, blame you. You? what says you, I don't blame you. I, I just feel like one of these years, McKinnon is going to explode for a hundred or more points. Um, the fact that it hasn't happened and like some of it's been injury one year, he was one short, like he's been three short one year. I'm just looking at it now, like yeah. 69 games, 93, like he was on pace in the COVID shortened season. Like he had 65 and 48, like last year, again, 88 and 65, like He's on pace if he stays healthy. So, like, I I love Makar. Like, I I mean, he's he's my favorite player by far in hockey. And, like, 86 points last year as a defenseman is nuts. Um, so, if you think you can get, like, another star forward after, then, yeah, like, you're not going to get more production from a defenseman than Kale Makar by anyone else. So, like. Uh, that's where I see the big difference yeah. from Makar to second. I mean, Yossi's going to be probably in the well, mix, Yossi and he- I didn't Hedman. realize Hedman had 85 points last year. Like that's yeah. just a quiet 85 point season for Victor Hedman. And then yeah, yeah. Yossi had 96 too, which is nuts. So, McCarr, oh God, I don't know. <laughs> as far as McCarr goes, like we haven't seen a defenseman hit a hundred points since no. 91, 92, which was Brian Leach. And I think this year I'm going off on the hot take right now. I think McCarr is going to hit the hundred. Oh, I so love that. It. That's where I'm leading. <laughs> well, man, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like if you're as, as high as two, like after McDavid, I wouldn't blame you if you took McCarr at the two spot in fantasy, to be honest. Yeah. Like yeah, just, because, just because he provides you that value as a defenseman. It's the value as a defenseman. Obviously, yeah. you know, Drysdale and Matthews, like the goals, the points, like, of, of course, yeah. that's the easy pick. But if you really want to, like, I, I've won a couple fantasy leagues where my defense was stacked, and that's what won me the league. Yeah. Just putting it like, out there. I'm just looking at it now, like the amount of guys that averaged like a point per game last year and oh it's crazy just like i'm i'm yeah. 50 guys oh no that, there's a couple like one one but yeah no like the amount of 80 point players you had last year is just like oh my goodness pit like take your pick like if you if you want like jake gensel 84 points 40 goals it's just like yeah like That's he insane. can do that like there there's so and i guess the way hockey is played now it's just like everyone is so fast and so skilled and like goals are goals are just they come more often than they don't now. It's not like back in the day where it was just like one guy. It was like, wait, not one guy, but like, I, I don't know. It seems like the most amount of like high talent players I've seen in my lifetime of watching hockey. Like yep. there's so many guys that can just score 40 goals and that put up 80 plus points. Like I remember that, remember that year where like Jamie Ben led the league with yeah, like 84 80 something points. points. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, yeah. he won the R Ross. And like yeah. last year he would have been like, that would have been the 27th highest score <laughs> yeah. in points. Like that, that's how nuts it is right now. And then behind him, you have all these guys like 
Jason Robertson and Debrinket and Robert Thomas and Pasternak and Buchnevich. Like all these guys are just scoring 70 plus and it's it's not even phasing anybody. Yeah. No, it is pretty wild. It's a tough choice. Yeah, there there was there was a few years there, as you said. Like it's there was it's definitely inflated big time over the last uh, few years again, just in terms of yeah. in terms of points. So pretty crazy on that end. Um, yeah, yeah. honestly, I, I'm kind of excited to talk more about like fancy and stuff. Are you a pretty big fantasy guy? Honestly, fantasy football is, is where I'm at in the fantasy world. Like hockey, I I do we do one for work every year. Um, yeah. but it kind of just gets boring after. I don't know. Football is just like, it's so hard to replicate football where it's just like once a week, like set your lineups, you do your waivers. Like I know you can do it every day for hockey, but I just lose interest. I I think it's the amount of games that there are. Yeah. Yeah. Like football, every game feels like it's, everything is just so meaningful. Like hockey there's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I love, uh, I love football though. I'm getting more into fantasy hockey. I've done basketball. I've done soccer once. I've done baseball a few times, like in high school. So like I've, I've dabbled everywhere else, but football has been like the consistent one. What about you guys? Football, hockey? Yeah, I, probably the same. Yeah. yeah, I'm more so, I'm more so hockey. I know John's into football as well. Uh, yeah. I need, I need to one of these years just, to, you know, dive right in and do football, but I feel like my knowledge isn't well-versed in it yet all That's around okay. the league. So it's going to take a year of learning, but I, I need to do it. There are um, so many fantasy football podcasts that like, yeah, there are so many. I, I listen to so many of them and like, they're all, they're all so knowledgeable. Like, there are so many different aspects to it and ways people go about looking at it. So like there, there are definitely like, if you are going to just start it, like you'll, you'll be in good hands. Honestly, fantasy is what got me more into the NFL and like knowledge. Like when I started yeah. in the sport media program, like I was never the biggest NFL guy. I was always a casual Hawks fan, but like getting into fantasy with like other people in sport media and just, I don't know, shooting the shit in that way. Yeah, like, it's fun. Hey, this year I have rust. So the Broncos better have a year. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> they better have a year or they're going to be in trouble. Okay. Well, oh, because man. you're on a podcast with two fellow Portuguese people, uh, right. I I need to quickly ask as you talked about the World <laughs> Cup very briefly. Where where are God. World Cup favorites? Let's hear who you're looking at for the World Cup. Before I can't go. believe it. Italy is an embarrassment. The fact that they they won the Euro and didn't even qualify for the World Cup. Like yeah. what an embarrassing team. Like it just an embarrassment. I I it just makes me sick. Um, I don't know, Fran, Like it's tough. I, I'm not the biggest soccer guy. I'm getting more into it and I love it um like it's hard to i know teams don't repeat like it's so hard to repeat um but i guess like france is the favorite the like, favorite yeah they have so many good players like benzema and, yeah. and bappe and yeah. conte and like just everyone like everyone um I, I do know that everyone's getting pretty amped on the possibility of a messi ronaldo final yeah yeah, yeah. That, that would be, be nuts <laughs> that'd be nuts I, I would love to see messi in another world cup final that would be incredible uh, we want to see Ronaldo win it, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, I feel like Brazil is just underperformed at this tournament, like, every year, too. So, like, I feel like they might be in it this year, too. I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know. I yeah. World Cup is wild. It's so much fun. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. And then you got Canada. The fact that we get to watch Canada in a World Cup is just crazy. And they yeah. I mean, unfortunately, they face some pretty good teams like Croatia and Belgium. Like, welcome to the World Cup. But that that'll be fun. 
Yeah, but Canada will have the whole country behind them and yeah. all the Italian immigrants as well. Just oh, yeah. for Canada. <laughs> exactly, because yeah. we got no one else to cheer for. Like, yeah. oh my God, we got two nations behind them now. All right. Well, yeah, I was going to say, Luca, thank you honestly so much for coming on. We really appreciate oh, taking the time, yeah. especially uh, as we record on a Monday night before the Broncos play the first <laughs> of the season. Yeah. That we we honestly, we're really thankful for the time, man. I appreciate you guys being so accommodating with me. I, I totally, I thought like for Monday night there, it says 8.15 kickoff. I doubt it's going to be an 8.15 kickoff because it never is, but I was just like... Just in case, let me see if we can go a little early. I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, oh, accommodating my, my Broncos game as well. No worries. Thank you so much again, Luca. <laughs> oh, anytime. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. You too. Surprise guest. We got Jesse Port from Bar Down. Luca and Jesse on the same pod. Here's the interview with Jesse. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Hot Take Hockey Podcast. We got an absolute legend on, Jesse Pollock from Bar Down. He's been on the channel a few times now. So I just, I got to keep hyping this guy out because you just, what a guy to come on the channel some more. Uh, Jesse, man, thank you so much for taking the time. How you been? What's going on? And just, are you excited for some puck? You're darn right. I'm pumped for some puck. And it's a pleasure coming on the podcast. Always nice chatting puck with you. And, you know, it's uh, a crazy season's upon us. And I'm, I'm pretty hopeful about my squad. So there you go. I love it. And uh, yeah, not to bring up negative stuff, but hopefully like more of a positive outcome after this pod. Cause last, I don't know if you remember last time we recorded shortly after uh, the jets went up against uh, went up against the Habs and it didn't work out too well. And I, your reaction, like all over Twitter was just, I remember it was just going nuts. And I was like, man, I, I even more so like the fact that like you had come on the channel, I was like, man, I wanted the Jets to pull out some dubs. And I actually, I, I remember us talking about it. I think both of us had them. I, I don't know if, I don't know if you had them going to the third round. I think I had them going to the third round as well, if you did, but. Um, well, just, I had them going, I had them going all the way, obviously. Oh, actually. Yeah. 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 That, that's right. Um, but yeah, man, new year, obviously there's been a lot of stuff around the Jets. So I do want to get into that. And we talked to Luca. So we're obviously going to talk about some central division stuff. Um, so just, yeah, right off the bat. Uh, you're repping. How are you feeling about your Jets squad? Obviously, and I think it, it kind of ties into like even for yourself and and what you do like professionally and career wise. Like there are a lot of players in this team uh, that you interact with as well. So how does it feel to see like all the stuff around trade rumors, all the stuff around this stuff? And like obviously, I mean, you don't have to get too much into it, but just even like you interacting with Dubois and seeing everything that's happened. Like how has that kind of been? Because you're a Jets fan first, obviously, but you're also a personality you've worked with a lot of these people. So how has that kind of been with everything around Winnipeg? You know what, man, like at the end of the day, these are just, these are people just trying to get the best lifestyle that they see for themselves, yeah. for themselves. And um, I can't really, you know, I can't really ever judge anyone for wanting to, um, you know, try to get to where they want to be professionally, whether it's in Winnipeg or whether it's not, I understand why, some players might not want to live in Winnipeg. And I think more importantly, I understand why some players want to play in certain cities. I understand why a guy like POD would want to play in, in, in his home, his, his home province of Quebec. I think that that'd be really cool. Um, uh, you know, for example, a guy like POD, I, I, I keep in touch with him sometimes and I've got nothing but good things to say about him and what he does with his business. That's his business. But my job as you know, my job that I see with the team and with 
TSN is I just want to represent this organization. Well, I want people to see the fun sides of this organization and, you know, drama will happen. You know, people are saying stuff about the dressing room, this, that. I don't really focus on that. I just want to, I just want to make fun stuff with the players. I want to, I want to change this thing about hockey where people think it's not fun. I want to, I want to change the narrative a bit. And, uh, you know, particularly with the Jets, because, you know, that's my home, that's my hometown. Obviously didn't have a team growing up. So when we got the Jets in 2011, instantly flashed onto a nice place in my heart. And if guys want to get traded away, I, I don't really, I don't really care about it. In the meantime, I just want to have a good time with them and, and show people that the Jets are a fun organization and that Winnipeg is a fun place to play. Man. And honestly, drama aside, I think when you look at this team and I think that's why it was like, it was so underwhelming last year. When you look at the team itself, this, there's a lot of good players on this team. I, I don't think yeah. anyone could look at this squad and, and write many players off on this team. Um, I think when it's, when you look at the top, uh, I think guys like Ehlers and Connor are constantly overlooked. I think when Dubois, obviously there's been a lot of drama and there's been a lot of talk, but when Dubois on his game, when, when he's uh, at the top of his game, he is a top end player and, and Shifley and Wheeler, obviously Wheeler more specifically is getting older, but it's still a solid core in the top six. Uh, so I think a lot of the conversation is like, are the Jets in the bubble? Can the Jets snag a division spot? Uh, for yourself, are you a little bit more motivated this year? Or do you like the fact that there's a lot of people writing the Jets off and like guys like Hellebuck, guys like Shifley can maybe bounce back right at the start of the season? Because, I mean, I'll even throw out there, I know there was all, all the stuff around Shifley, just the Olympic pressure and all that stuff. So do you are you feeling a little bit of a different confidence and like that underdog effect? Yeah, I, I think it really starts with the new coach. I think Rick Bonus. people can have their opinions on him. I've seen a lot of people say this guy plays boring, dumb and chase hockey, defensive hockey, but – what I really like about him is that a lot of young players have really thrived under him. I mean, if you look at Jason Robertson over in Dallas, he has been absolutely lighting up. I don't know how much you can actually attribute that to bonus, but it's nice to see at least. Yeah. Jets have a lot of young players that kind of need to start taking the leap. And I, I just don't think Paul Maurice was willing to let these young guys play uh, as much. And that was very frustrating to be honest with you. Um, I think, I think bonus is going to step in. He's going to let younger guys play. And he's going to hold his players accountable. I think, like, Paul Maurice, I, I respect in some ways how much he had his players back. Like, you know, he was never willing to, like, it just didn't really seem like he held his players overly accountable. He just, like, kind of let a lot of stuff go and yeah. always had the players' backs and kind of seemed like – I could be wrong, but it seemed like guys, like, yeah, just, like, some veteran players kind of, like, had a lot of say in things that happened. Like, man, Rick Bonus. I think it was last year, ripped his his players apart on the bench. Just ripped him. Like, I remember it was a viral clip. And I'm looking at him like, this is great to see. I think I think some of our veteran players need to be held accountable. Like, I think Mark – look, I, I'm, I'm a huge Jets fan. I love the team. I think Mark Scheifele is an incredible player. But I think Mark Scheifele needs to, like, polish some things up about his game defensively. I, I think that's kind of just like a thing that a, any hockey fan could tell you. Yeah. And I think bonus is going to be a good guy for a guy like Mark Scheifele. He's going to, he's going to get him playing more responsibly def, uh, on the defensive side of the puck. And, and I think Scheifele is going to really polish his game a little this year. You know, maybe he doesn't score as many points as he's used to. I don't know, but I, I, I'm, I'm feeling better things to come for him. And I think the Jets defense is a little shaky. Uh, but there are some young players who are itching to get in the lineup. What's going to happen with Sandberg? What's going to happen with Hinola? Like, just a lot of question marks with the team this year, but definitely a lot of excitement. And I, I think we're going to bounce back. But 
as we're about to talk about, the Central Division is a tough division. It got a, it got better in the offseason in some ways. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I also want to throw at you just quickly, and then we can jump into maybe some standings talk because we had a little bit of a conversation with Luca on it as well in an overall sense. Um, was it a little bit, just as a fan and you interacting with our Jets fans, was that a little bit disappointing or underwhelming seeing like, not even just the Central Division, but seeing like all across the league, like so much business being done, like so much like transactions, so many moves and just kind of the Jets were shovel day off as I guess just patient. He wasn't really giving in to too much. Like, I don't know how patient Chevy necessarily was. I, I think what people don't realize as much or they te- can, can forget is that Winnipeg is probably the single hardest city to get players to play it like free agents like do players want to come to winnipeg not really i think players who get drafted by winnipeg end up really liking it that's why we're able to re-sign a lot of our players because once you get there and you live there you're like wow this is a really special place there's a great sense of community sure it's cold but like it's small it's a small city the team loves the jets like you really get a feeling like you're a hero as a player it's just my guess free like what free agent wants to come to winnipeg like you know, like, okay, we get Sam Gagne. I actually like him as an addition to our bottom six. But is that guy going to, like, alter our franchise? Are we going to get, like, a number one defenseman who's willing to be like, oh, yeah, I'm coming to the Jets? It was very, very encouraging seeing Johnny Goudreau going, go to Columbus. And I'm not not to compare Columbus and Winnipeg too much. I know they they offer a lot of different things. But it's nice, it was nice to see a big superstar player choose a smaller market and just say, like, whatever. I'm just going to go to a smaller market. Why not? You know, I, I just can't wait to see Austin Matthews wearing a Winnipeg Jets uniform in 2024. <laughs> I love it. Man, I, wouldn't that be unreal for you, being in Toronto and, and seeing something like that? I think you'd have like a, you'd have quite the, I would say, <laughs> bragging rights over Corwin, a bunch of these guys. <laughs> I think I would literally, I think I would literally crap my pants if that happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I would, I don't know what I would do. I think I would just like lose control of my whole body. Like it would be amazing. Or you could bring over your lookalike in Marner and just uh, have him on the team. <laughs> That'd be nice. I'll tell you right now, he'll be lo- he'll be appreciated there a lot more than he is here. Uh, we we can go back to the the central talk, but are, are you talked about the Letty off uh, offline here? Are you missing the Molly or what? What's what's next for uh, Jesse's lettuce? <laughs> Dude, honestly, that's such a good question. I feel like I should do something nuts. Like I was kind of thinking about it, like. Do I like bleach it blue or do I like give wow. myself like a, like a double mohawk like and look like a ram? I don't know. We'll see. We'll do see. That's crazy. a good question though. Something I got to think about for sure. Yeah. Um, back to what I, I liked what you said because I think that goes for a lot of uh, markets is like whether it's not even necessarily like drafting guys from Winnipeg or drafting guys from the city, but like drafting them, getting them in the system, working them through for a few years. But um Cole Perfetti. I think a lot of Jets fans are really excited about Perfetti. Uh, I actually, and I, I think you, I saw you skating with uh, Seth Jarvis, and he's a Winnipeg guy. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to make you answer this or anything, but is that a situation where maybe in the future you'd like, like, if a Seth Jarvis is like available for Winnipeg, like, is that something you'd like to see from the Jets organization? Like, if there's a top end player from Winnipeg, from Manitoba, is that kind of a direction you'd like to see? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the one thing that's going to lure pe- these really good players to come to Winnipeg. I know that when Mark Stone was available, there was chatter that the Jets were potentially going to get Mark Stone. How amazing yeah. would that have been to have a guy like Mark Stone as a, as a first-line player? Or 
you know, Jonathan Taves is going to be a free agent after next year. And a lot of people are writing him off. What's Taves? Like, what is he, 33, 34, yeah, like right around there? Point, yeah. I think I think Taves has got some good hockey left in him. I I would I would gladly take him as a third line center for the Jets. I don't know what what we would do with Lowry, whether we move the wing or, but yeah, like you're telling me that Jonathan Taves is just like done like that? No way! Like Chicago sucks right now. He's in a weird position. I think if he came home, Jonathan Taves could be a good player for the Jets. We'll see. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking. I think, yeah, obviously it doesn't always work that way. And I and honestly, for guys like you said, Hanola, Sandberg, and then and Perfetti, I do hope they get their fair shot um, at, a, at a roster spot and like opening night. But I mean, the defense is maybe shaky, but definitely crowded. I, w- I would look at like eight or nine guys battling for roster spots there. So definitely sure. crowded. Uh, I think Perfetti's definitely got more of that uh, opportunity there. Oh, so Perfetti, just, Perfetti, yeah, Perfetti is is here to stay. Like I think, yeah. I I I think like Perfetti is going to be a guy who's expected to put up like probably at least fifty points. You would hope. Yeah, I, I think so. I think uh, seeing not not comparing them as players, but it's kind of funny. We were just talking about uh, Newhook with Luca, and I feel like Newhook is kind of like what you're expecting from Perfetti. I think Newhook put up like forty points, so at least that yeah. for Perfetti uh, potentially in the top six, top nine. Uh, I think I, I I think Perfetti should be a top six player this year. I, I'd actually yeah. expect him to score more than forty points this season. Well, yeah, how it lines up: you, yeah. Connor, Shifley, uh, Ehlers, Wheeler, Dubois, Perfetti. If that's your top six, yeah, that's a pretty top, a pretty good top six in the Central. It's pretty nice. It's so pretty nice. overall Central chat, Jesse. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have like hard spots here for each team, but. How do you see it playing out uh, with Luca? We were kind of chatting about maybe like different tiers and how it was playing out. But so for yourself, how do you see it going down? Yeah, must be nice, Luca. Must be nice. Well, <laughs> well, I see Colorado finishing atop of the division for sure. Yeah. Uh, although there are some questions. Uh, you know, goaltending is going to be different for them this year, and losing Kadri is pretty big. Although I did like that Rodriguez signing, pretty reasonable. One year, two million dollars. I I think that's a nice contract. I think that's a nice contract for 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 the Avalanche. So I like Colorado. Like I think you got to like you got to think Minnesota is still a good team. Their their younger guys are only getting better. Sure. Boldy's a really good player, and Kaprizov is obviously a stud. I think they probably snag one of the spots. And then, look, I, I look at St. Louis. I think they did a good job locking up these young guys who are, they clearly see as the future of their team. And, you know, Kairou and Thomas, I mean, that Thomas contract was pretty interesting because he had one really good year and then bang. I guess Kairou a little too. But, look, they're they're putting their eggs in the basket, and I respect it because they're both really good players. Yeah. But I think David Perron, losing David Perron is huge. Like that guy, that guy is like an, en- is like an engine for that team. He is so deadly in the playoffs. I watched David Perron just dominate the Jets in 2019. He's been he was a point per game player last year. I'm pretty sure past couple of seasons I think he's been, and uh, he's only gone better with age. And I think Detroit did a really good job. I can't believe the contract that he only got two nine million over two years. Nuts. Like how is Ilya Mikheyev getting paid the same amount per year as David Perron? makes no sense to me no uh and 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 that makes me think you know like you went to the red wings like if if the jets threw Perron like a two-year 12 million dollar deal i would be i would have been thrilled 
with that. Like getting a guy like Perron, I'm like, okay, we're ready for the playoffs with a guy like Perron. But so you know, I I, I look at St. Louis as a team that like should probably snag the third spot, but a, another team that maybe deserves a little more recognition is Nashville. Like I feel like Nashville's had a pretty good off season. They were able to sign Forsberg. They signed Niederreiter, correct? Yep. Yeah, they brought a Niederreiter. And they got and they got McDonough. Yep. And and you you hope that like uh what Eli Tolvanen is gonna Tolvanen, Tomasino. Yeah. There's a few guys in that even like middle six. Like, man, you're right. I feel like I'm seeing people default Nashville back to that six spot a lot. And like we're forgetting last year everyone was saying the exact same thing. And then you you have Soros there, you have uh, obviously that defense now top four is probably one of the best in the West. Um, I, I do like, as you're kind of going through, I, I do want to kind of touch on like the fact that the central goaltending is so stacked, like outside of the, the question mark and the avalanche tandem and like the bottom two teams, the rest of the teams have a <laughs> like, it's crazy. I mean, you don't really know what you're getting in Bennington during the season, at least. Yep. Uh, he was amazing in the playoffs last year. Um, I guess, um, Minnesota has, well, well it depends uh, on the flurry you're getting. Yeah, I guess. But between yeah. Ottinger, Hellebuck, Saros, some that was a good contract. The Ottinger contract for Dallas. Yeah. That was really good. So, yeah, I mean, Dallas is another interesting team. Um, they, they're a team that can for sure snag a playoff spot. I think like the Jets, and the stars and maybe Nashville and St. Louis are kind of like hovering around each other in terms of competing for those last two. I think Minnesota and Colorado should both snag spots, but yeah, we'll see. It's going to be, it's the central is going to be really competitive this year. So if you think like just how you see it, I guess right now, Winnipeg, if they're making it, they're probably snagging one of those wildcard spots, I guess, just in terms of the competition. Yeah. If I had to guess they'd be snagging a wildcard spot, but Hey, we're going to make a wildcard spot and then we're going to shock the world. There you go. Love it. Uh, just Wait, overall. You think, jo- you, think I'm, you think I'm joking? No, I don't wipe think you're joking. Off, wipe, wipe that smile off your face, buddy. <laughs> Man, hey. We, I'm seen, joking. We, no, I know. We've seen some crazy stuff. We've seen the Dallas Stars squeeze into the playoffs and then go to the cup final. I, bro, I'm not getting on you because here's what I'll say. After watching, even though I said I was the only reasonable Leaf fan saying that Montreal was going to take the Leafs to seven. Even though I thought Montreal had a chance in that series. Did I ever think they were going to go? Like, we saw Montreal and Dallas do it. So, don't worry, man. I'm the last one to count out, especially the Jets. Well, I mean, we'll see. Um, I, I, I'm just kidding. We need Buffalo back. <laughs> Come back, Buffalo back. Please. But, man, I'm excited because I, I know the last couple times I've had you on, you always joke about the, the 10-year-olds getting on you on Instagram and TikTok and all this stuff. And I just – one thing I definitely respect, uh, like, from you and I think – for myself or anyone else that has like a personality or does stuff online, we got to take a page out of your book. Cause you just, you give no shits. You just, you make your takes, you make your crazy reactions and you just go with the flow. I'm sure maybe sometimes there's, there's people out there that irritate you, but uh, I definitely got to give respect on you. Cause you have your personality and you run with it. So. Thanks man. Yeah. Honestly, like I got a lot of people who chirp me for what I do. Like people making fun of me on Instagram all the time. Oh, this guy's so annoying. How do I watch bar down with all, without this guy? Screw you. Screw all of you. Man, think about the percentages. There's so many people that love you. There's always going to be the people that hate. I know you hear that all the time, but... Uh, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And just overall, I, I got I to gotta say, it's it's 
enjoyable to see like all the stuff you're doing with interacting with the Chelp guys, like the Moly, uh, skating with some of the guys. I know you've, uh, the golfing, all that stuff. So keep it up. Uh, do you have, I know you're, you want to kind of keep some of the, some of it surprised, but do you have some stuff kind of coming up, even if it's just personally like content wise and, uh, give yourself a little bit of a shout for, I know, Hey, if you're not following Jesse, I don't know what you're saying, but Jesse, give yourself a little bit of a shout here at least. Wow. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, got some cool stuff coming up. I mean, the video of the mullet, there's going to be a long form version of it coming out, I believe tomorrow. Uh, and then, um, going to Winnipeg to do some media day stuff with the jets. So that'll be fun. Yeah. And hmm, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, the season's coming up pretty soon. Uh, I have my own video actually that I'm doing with uh, uh, a, a company. I can't really really release too much information about it, but look out for my Instagram. It has to do with uh, people taping their sticks. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. The NFL is back too. I love the NFL. People who, uh, you know, I, I really love the NFL. Uh, so yeah, it's a lot of fun stuff coming up, man. And what are you most active these days? You're still pretty active. I'd say like Instagram, TikTok. I'm following you there. So I know you post a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram and TikTok, I would say are probably the, the two that I'm most active on. Although Twitter, Twitter, I try to keep up with as well. Not as much in the summer, but during the season for sure. All right, man. Well, honestly, you are an absolute legend. I'm definitely going to, I'm respecting your time here. Cause guys, for everyone watching, Jesse's going to go play some pucks. So the fact that he squeezed in some Let's hockey go. talk here on the pod, I, I really do appreciate it, man. Uh, anything else you want to, I mean, it is the hot take hockey podcast on your way out here. Do you have a little bit of a hot take or some crazy take or something you liked this off season or just something absolutely crazy, some hot take. Anything. <sighs> it could be jets related too i mean you 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 could get some house fans pissed off i wouldn't mind that hot take hot take hey austin matthews is gonna score 70 goals this year <laughs> oh I okay 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 and here's a hot take uh patrick line scores 50 there you go man i've been waiting for line to drop it and like now with johnny next to him and whoever else he's playing with like i could see i could see patty i'm not just saying that because last year or actually it was two years ago. I said the guy would, would get 50. So I'm hoping he does it this year. Um, but Jesse, man, thank you so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. You're an absolute legend. I'll always say that uh, you've come on three times now. So uh, hopefully next year we'll keep it going. Keep, keep the trend next off season. And uh, man, thank you so much for the time. Of course, bro. Anytime, all the best, keep up the good stuff and go Jets, baby. <laughs> there you go. Can we get a let's go at the, on the way out? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Love it. Here she's like, what's going on? <laughs>